Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Together, a Brighton Nerve Albion podcast. Uh, we have had quite the uh, the turmoil this week um, and we'll get straight down into it, I think. Uh, we're going to do our top five stories of the week um, and two of those will be the games of Fulham and Watford, obviously. Um, and we have three other topics to cover today. Um, so I'm not going to hold you back any longer. Um, I will get straight into number five. So the number five story of the week, uh, and this is Fulham. And the reason I'm doing it at number five, uh, given given the the absolute spectacle that took place in the second half, I was tempted to put it higher, but I'm still so annoyed by it. I wanted to get it over and done with as soon as possible. So um, we'll do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and the good, um, to me, obviously, is that the first half was a great first half away from home. Um, Montoya looked absolutely electric down the right-hand side. Uh, Murray was everywhere. For a man who is supposed to be devoid of pace, he was all over the shop. Uh, and we generally looked really, really good. Um, man of the match, despite the, the second half fall apart, I still obviously have Murray um, as our man of the match. He scored both goals, uh, took them both very well. Classic fox in the box from Glenn. Um, and he caused their defence no end of problems in the first half. Uh, six shots, four on target. Uh, he won 14 aerial duels throughout the game, which is just an incredible amount of uh, of dominance in the air for him. Um, and Pascal Gross looked a bit like the old Gross for the first half. Uh, he was a proper danger to Fulham. And we'll get into it later on, but it's like it's he seems to have carried on that form into the Watford game. Um, they had no idea how to handle him and proper in the middle for that first half and Montoya on the right. They were totally overwhelmed. Um, and it was pretty much the perfect half that you could ever want going into halftime. Uh, tune it up in a game that felt like it was almost there. Um, I must say that proper fine, that shot from proper towards the end of the first half that absolutely cannoned off the bar um, did set me with a little bit of unease because I've followed this team long enough to know that 2-0 isn't uh, as safe a lead as it is with some other teams. Um, and that is pretty much exactly how it ended up being. So uh, moving on to the bad. Uh, yeah, we were 2 0 up, and it turns out it wasn't even close to over. Um, we conceded immediately within about two minutes of the second half undergone. And almost from the minute that ball went in the net, you had a sense of resignation on the pitch and in the stands. Um, we then went on to concede four goals in 45 minutes of football. Uh, it's almost anti Hutton. Um, it's quite unbelievable to see any team managed by Hutton concede in five, especially to such a poor team, frankly. Um, sure, they bashed us about for the second half and they scored four goals, but they're really not that good of a team and it was a disappointment to have that happen. So, you know, it was pretty similar to Spurs. Um, Spurs played Juventus last year in the Champions League uh, and they got knocked out in the second leg and it was very similar to this game. Um, both managers made sweeping changes uh, tactically and personnel-wise um, in the second half and neither Pochettino nor Hutton were able to adapt to it at all. Um, they were both tactically outclassed. Neither made changes even close to fast enough to identify what was happening. Um, I think some blame obviously has to go to the players too, um, and we'll get onto them in the ugly. Um, but, you know, they, they are the ones on the pitch, but the manager made the decisions that won the game. 
Um, Ranieri absolutely made the tactical changes and the tactical decisions that won the game for Fulham. Um, and so I think the other manager, being Hutton, has to take responsibility for losing it. Um, Hutton and his management this Tuesday just gone uh, is the sole bad for this week. Uh, and I'll save the ugly for the players, as I said. Um, and getting on to the players, let's not hang around with them either. Uh, the entire back three had an absolute nightmare. Um, the lack of communication between Duffy, Duncan, Ryan was quite frankly embarrassing. Um, I've never seen anything like it from them three before. Um, nobody seemed to know what they were doing constantly. Um, it was genuinely quite insane seeing how often all three were beaten in the air by Mitrovic. Um, you know, they didn't do a bad job defending on the ground, which is the weirdest part. And in the air, they were an absolute mess. Um, it's you know, crosses into the box high and high and long are our usual bread and butter that we deal with every day. And we had no answer for it. Um, we have no idea what happened, honestly. Like, watching the entire game was like sitting in the twilight zone. Um, it was something that you'll maybe not see for another five years, but it will give you nightmares for the next year. Um, Bong was an absolute embarrassment to football in the second half. He looked like someone who'd won a competition to play a game out there. Um, he's been our lowest rated player in our last three Premier League games prior to Fulham, including Fulham and the two before, uh, since coming in for Bernardo. Uh, he isn't good enough, um, despite what we'll get to on Watford. <laughs> um, he isn't good enough for the side, uh, and it's becoming more and more apparent every week. Um, and I guess the question is that just how bad is Sutner that he wasn't even able to fight for a spot. Um, that, I guess, has to go down as one of the very rare scouting mishaps uh, since Hutton came in, because if Sutner isn't good enough to challenge Bong for a spot, and Bong is as bad as he has been since January 1st, there's something seriously wrong with the way Sutner like, performs in training. Um, Lucadio was awful. He was probably That was probably his worst performance I've seen him put in since Palace away um which again was a similar nightmare um knockout when coming on was awful horrible attitude um it was just a bad day at the office and frankly um i don't want to spend any more time on it i'm not going to go too deep into statistics or thoughts and processes after this because we need to move on um it still annoys me we should never have lost that game uh and the second half was just horrific so we'll move on to story number four um, story number four is squad reinforcements. So it looks like, um, for the most part, we have no more injuries left other than his Kiedo. Um, he's the only one left hurt, not training. Uh, Bernardo is back in training this week. Uh, Bissouma is obviously back. Uh, we're looking at, obviously, with the Watford game, Dale Stevens is out. He didn't play against Watford at the last minute. Um, we don't know what that's going to look like going forward. Um, and we don't know how that's going to impact us, but Dale Stevens is out. Uh, Ali Razor is back. Balogun is ill and will obviously be back. Um, so really, the only two questions we have right now are is Dale, how injured is Dale Stevens and how long is it going to be until his Kiedo actually gets back into training because he's been out of uh, commission for a long, long time. Um He's basically missed the entire season at this point, so hopefully he can come back as soon as possible. Um, I think it's 
<laughs> interesting that we last season we really didn't have many injuries at all so it's been a real eye-opener to see how we've been able to deal with uh, having to use our squad depth this uh, this last six to eight weeks and really how, well, unable our depth have been to step up. Um, you know, seven points in 27 get point possibility. Um, they've really not... Nobody on the uh, on the background has really stepped up, barring Bissouma, really. Um, you know, our fullbacks... Like, Bong isn't good enough to replace anybody um, and those wingers you know they're struggling so yeah story number four looks like we're getting almost close to full fitness and thank goodness because that's a place we haven't been in since around November um, who again really was only is Kiedo hurt so it was worth putting on the list um, and fingers crossed we can stay healthy for this final run because it's going to be incredibly important um, story number three transfer deadline day been a couple of a uh, couple of big news um, moments on the end of the uh, the deadline day. Um, not mo- not many of them to do with Albion. Uh, Mishi Batshuayi signed with Crystal Palace, which was an unbelievably solid signing for them. Um, I believe he got an assist today uh, against who were Palace playing today? Fulham, I think. Um, he got an assist today. He's going to be a, a, an immense signing for them. Uh, I can't see them really troubling the relegation spots after a, a deal like that. Uh, Almiron from Atlanta United has signed with Newcastle. Don't know anything about him. Um, he's a centre midfielder. Uh, they've spent some money and got him in from the MLS of all places. So uh, Brighton fans over in the States, uh, I know you're here. I know you listen. So if you know anything more about Almiron, let me know. It'll be interesting to know what kind of signing he can end up being for them. Um, but onto the album. We had a couple of early early pieces of news. Uh, Aaron Connolly um, has signed a new three-and-a-half-year deal. Aaron Connolly, the, the under-23 striker that has been banging them in for fun until he got his injury with his hamstring, um, he has gone out on loan to Luton on the same day as signing his three-and-a-half-year new contract as well. Um, I mean, obviously, I think that, to be honest, I think there was a deal in place with Nathan Jones uh, prior to him getting the Stoke job. Um, but it's been it's it's nice to see that that move <coughs> excuse me is going ahead anyway because I think that Connolly will really benefit from proper first team football and I think there's no question he should be starting for Luton um, simply because he is an incredibly talented striker and I think he'll do well down there. Um, so that was a good move for him. I'm sure we should all be watching him with uh, very high interest. Um, and Albion made two new signings in the under-23 world as well. Um, let's hope these, again, end up being someone that actually pays off, uh, as opposed to another Roland Bergkamp who is never seen again. Um, we signed a Slovenian striker, Jan Mlakar. That is probably butchered. I, I apologize to him if he ever hears that abomination but it sounds like it might be all right um we signed him from maribor um 20 years old previously with fiorentina uh italian top side before the uh he went on to maribor um and we sent him straight back out on loan in fact <laughs> um so you know that's not too bad he will continue to play at a half decent level over there um and we'll see how he looks in the summer. I'm sure that we're it seems that we're really gathering a bunch of talent young talent uh in almost football manager style um, and hoarding them and seeing which ones look good enough in the summer. Um, and he's one of the ones we've grabbed uh, 
Uh, he represented his country from under-15s to B-level. Not sure what that means uh, in terms of Slovenia. I don't know whether that's like under-21s or a reserve team. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, it's been it's been a pretty quiet... It was a pretty quiet week, or rather month, all around for the first team. But the under-23s saw a hell of a lot of turnover. Um, I believe he was the 12th bit of business. Yes, according to the Argus, he was the 12th bit of business conducted, uh, covering sign-ins, departures, loan recalls uh, in the under-23s, which is insane. And we also made a second sign-in. Uh, Florin Andone was seemed very happy about it. Uh, we signed Christian Baluta Tudor, uh, or, or Tudor Christian Baluta. Um, three and a half year deal from Vittorio Costanta. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Um, 19, uh, plays as a defender, I guess, uh, will be loaned back to the exact same team again. He's been loaned back out to Vitoral, uh, for the remainder of the season. He already has played 15 games this season. Not sure how many games there are in a Romanian Premier League. Uh, scored twice. So, you know, he's, he's, again, performing at the top level in his own country. Uh, it will be interesting to see how he adapts in the summer when he finally makes his way back to us. Um... You know, he's, he's been stated as playing in central midfield and part of a defence. Uh, good experience in his country's cop division so far. This is uh, an Albion's pathway development manager. I'm not sure what that job entails. David Weir saying these things. Um, he will spend the rest of the season back at FC Vitoral to continue his development. And we will monitor his progress closely between now and the end of the campaign. Uh, he's made a couple of... Uh, appearances for his national team uh, in the UEFA Nations League with Serbia made six appearances at under 19 level scored on three occasions uh, and he's also appeared a couple of times in the Europa League qualifying stages this term um, before Vit Vitoral was were knocked out so you know he has experience at the higher levels so we'll see how that works out for him um, we've signed a couple of players that have had that kind of level of ability and never done anything with it um, so hopefully Hopefully a bunch of these players that we're hoarding, um, these young, random talents, we're, we're bringing them in and hopefully some of them can actually pay off because uh, we've had a really poor track record with uh, obscure foreign signings uh, into the under-23 team in the last couple of years. Um, and fingers crossed he isn't one of them. Um, well, neither of them are one of them, right? We'll see. Uh, story number two. Story number two is the Watford game. Um, obviously, they were going to be there at some point, and uh, the only reason they're not number one really is because I want to look ahead past Watford. Um, so the Watford game finished about uh, about an hour ago, um, and we'll do the good and the bad. Um, and there isn't really a, an ugly or a great or a mediocre. There is a, it really isn't anything but the good and the bad. Um, and I guess that's what comes with the territory of a nil-nil draw. Um, so we'll start with the good, uh, and the good is the response since Fulham. Um, everybody, to be honest, everyone had a good game today for the most part, um, which is funny because everybody had a bad day in the second half. Um, Lacardia looked useful. Um, Murray looked dangerous all the time at set pieces. Uh, he could have done more, but at set pieces he looked a problem. Uh, proper ran the midfield, um, and Bissouma looked so dynamic. Um, probably Bong, uh, it was probably his best Premier League game for us. Um, he looked, he looked all right. Um, it looked a more complete team performance than we've seen in 
weeks, honestly, uh, despite the lack of goals, obviously. Um, Pascal Gross, again, seems to carry on his form from the last game. Uh, a whopping 10 key passes today. Um, and if you go back and watch it, you can see why. You know, he, he had numerous dangerous set pieces that could have ended in a goal. Numerous dangerous attempts, like last-minute passes that just couldn't get that final final touch on it. Um, but 10 key passes is outrageous. And he really he really suits being able to roam somewhat. And I think Bissouma in there and Proper in there, as opposed to a Stevens Proper midfield, allow Gross that bit of room to roam. Um and yeah, I mean, just him alone could have created two or three goals on another day. Uh, Solly March was my man of the match today. Um, I think, I think their lack of width really, really helped us. Um, and maybe that's what put Bong in such a good light too. Uh, they had two key passes from Solly March, one shot. Uh, his defensive work was so high up the pitch, which really, really appealed to pretty much anybody, I suspect, watching it. Um, most of his tackles, most of his pressing and defensive work was done in their final third, almost. Um, he worked his socks off today. He was really good on the ball. He won a couple of great fouls that really should have earned a booking or two. Um, that was on the referee being weak and inconsistent, as seems to be the problem this entire season, which is so strange given how good they were last year. Um, I just wish he'd shoot a bit more often. Um, he, he seems to lack that confidence, um, and hopefully he will get back to, well, not get back, but start to adapt that part of his game and become a little bit less frightened of taking a pop, um, because he doesn't seem to want to do that very much. Uh, the bad, the bad was obviously not scoring a goal. <laughs> um, we were, we did everything but score. Um, I thought our only player that really could have done better was Glenn Murray, um, especially with how dangerous Andone looked when he came on for that last 20 minutes. He looked an absolute thorn in their side from the minute he came on. Um, he was caught offside a few times today, Glenn, um, and his only danger really was at set pieces. Um, he really didn't do much more outside of that uh, other than be offside. Um, like I said, I thought he was really dangerous at set pieces. He was kind of one touch away from being that, that fox in the box to pop it in the net, but other than that, he really didn't do much at all. Um, you know, there's nothing really to cover more than that. He's not going to be dropped. He's going to stay our first-team striker for the rest of the year. So it is what it is. Um, maybe when we become safe, uh, if we become safe, Andone may get more of a shout. But as of right now, uh, Murray is our starting striker. And, you know, it doesn't matter really how well or poorly he plays. He's going to be our starting striker. Um, and I guess it's time to just accept that for what it is and hope that Andone can make an impact when coming on. Um you know, and hope for Murray to stay fit because if we don't, we're in a bit of trouble. So, yeah, that was really it for the bad too. Um, it was our first nil-nil in the season. Um, and I think it's fair to say our next four home games uh, probably define the season we're going to have. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on there. Um, Burnley, Huddersfield, Cardiff and Southampton are our next four. Um, and honestly, I would suspect that we can probably get... Well, we're on 27 points now. <clears throat> I'm convinced that 38 guarantees our safety. And I won't be surprised if 35 is enough for us to seal safety this year. Um, and I think two wins, a draw, and a defeat there. I'm not sure who we'd even lose to, honestly. Maybe Burnley. Um, but two, draw, two wins, a draw, and a defeat gets us seven points and puts us on 34 points. And we're almost there. Um, we do also have to play Bournemouth and Newcastle at home. So... 
and City, uh, but we'll write City off as a defeat. So, of the remaining six home games, you know, it's not out of it's not outrageous to expect an eight or nine point haul from them, um, almost as a minimum with our home form, um, and with you know with with twenty seven points on the board, that would put us at thirty six, thirty seven points, and to me, that almost guarantees our safety. So. Let's hope we can get this. If we get a win at Burn- against Burnley this next next game, that's a huge. Uh, I think that's a huge weight off our chest to take four points from uh, Watford and Burnley. But you know, it's not going to be easy. We need to keep ourselves going all the way through this run. Um, and you know, I, that's discounting that we'll even take any points away from home. And I'm sure we'll probably take at least a couple. Um, so story number one. Story number one is the FA Cup and Burnley. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what 11s we put out, uh, how we're going to strengthen those sides, what we're going to use them for. Um, personally, I would like to see uh, Goya Keres get a start against West Bromwich Albion. I'd like to see a couple of the youngsters get starts, frankly. Um, that Longman looks a very good talent. I watched the uh, Brighton under-23s against Bayern Munich. I'd like to see a couple of them get a game against West Bromwich Albion away. Um, I know that that would probably be seen as defeatist, but at the end of the day, staying up is goal number one. Um, And although this is probably our best chance to win a cup uh, in terms of how weak the rest of the competition looks, I don't really care. (laughs) Um, Winning is one thing compared to staying up and i would rather stay up so i would like to see a mix of you know a mix of experience and youth uh, i think bruno should get the start against west brom uh, i think knockout should get a pot start against west brom uh, i would like to see gaia Keres on the left mark Noki on the right uh david button uh, or stealing goal it doesn't much bother me um i'd like to see bruno at right back uh, the two centre halves, uh, Balogun and Byrne, if they're both fit and ready to go, because Byrne was fantastic uh, in the last game. I would obviously have to have Bong at left back because we don't really have any other left backs. Uh, and honestly, I'll be fine with playing Bong there if Bernardo is ready for the next one uh, against Burnley. It would make sense because we won't be overworking him then either. Um, Knockout on the right wing, uh, Gaia Keres on the left, um, Kayal in the middle for sure. Um, and then really, I don't really know what they're going to do with the with the rest of the centre midfielders because we don't know how Dale Stevens feels right now. Um, if Dale's fit, I would play him um, just to get him back into the swing of things. Um, and to me, the biggest, although it's a horrible thing for Dale, like it was a benefit to us to have him out today because I think we're a better team without him. Um, I think a duo of Bissouma and Proper Proper are better than Stevens and pretty much anybody else. Um, and that's no disrespect to Dale Stevens. It's just I think that this four-three-three style that Hutton's playing right now works better um, without him um, because really it just becomes a four-one-two-three, and that's a difference between. There's a big difference between the two, um, and you see it because Proper was fantastic today against Watford. He was sending tons of probing forward passes. Um, he was running the show, and Dale Stevens hasn't really done that in this role. Um, so I would like to see him play against West Brom if he's fit um, in the hopes that he then won't play against Burnley, frankly. Um, but we'll see. 
how he feels and that's probably the most important thing for that central midfield pair duo duo trio whatever they want to look for um but i think that kyle needs to be one of them in there um and maybe if if dale isn't ready we just give proper and Kai and uh, Bisuma 30 minutes or 45 minutes each um or whatever they want to do um it's going to be a bit of a chop and change in that middle of the park um honestly maybe even put max sanders in there um maybe even give him a second half uh i wouldn't be upset to see that considering he's really quite a player as well um and you know i think he would have earned a spot just on how good he's played recently so i wouldn't mind seeing that happen um and then the striker uh to me i would rather play murray because i really want andone to start but he's not going to so andone is obviously going to start the game against west brom um and murray will obviously start against burnley like i said he is our starting striker and you know, I can put a hopeful 11 every week with Andone starting, but I don't think he's going to. Um, and I think for the Burnley game at that point, we should be in a good spot. Um, Ryan would come back in. Montoya would come back in. Duncan Duffy would come back in. They'd have all got a rest. Uh, Bernardo would have come back in. Um, we'd see how well he does with his match fitness. If he isn't ready to do a full 90, you know, we can take him off after an hour. Um, and Bong would be able to do a 30 minutes just fine compared to a full 90 if he's played against Burnley, uh, West Brom. Um, and then the midfield three, pretty much the same midfield three we played today. Um, whether it was, you know, by destiny or by accident, I think that the, the midfield three today looked far more dangerous to as a, in an attacking format um, than... Excuse me, that's my pug squeaking her toy. Um, but I think that I think that our midfield three looked a lot more dangerous um, today than they do with Dale Stevens in the side. So I would want to keep those three there and uh, Lacardia and March on the wings. I don't see any reason to get rid of them at this point. Um, and then Murray up front because we're not going to play Andone up front over him. So uh, that would be... That would be the, the lineup I go for, really. Not many changes from today. Um, you know, they've earned their redemption um, against Watford, and I think that they've earned another shot um, against Burnley, and I think that that is a huge game for us. Um, this squeaking is just ridiculous. Um, and I think we have enough to get it to get it over the line against Burnley I think that they're a good team and they grind out results but they've not been as good this year as they have recently um and I think that we can really get a result against them uh I think they're a worse team than Watford and we were unlucky not to get more points from them so that's about it from me in terms of the top five stories of the week that's it um I hope all the uh the American listeners that have experienced the polar vortex this week have uh, got on all right um and you know warmed themselves with some booze after that Fulham game um and you know I'm, I know it's going to get better this week so you know enjoy the weather while it's not horrifically cold um my English listeners I don't know that there's uh, been quite a few places in the UK where there's been snowfall and I mean it looked like it at Fulham on uh, on Tuesday so you know stay safe have a uh, have a good rest of your week and uh, again, next week, we'll, we'll be visiting two different games again, um, keeping me busy and on my toes. We'll be looking at West Brom, and we will be looking at Burnley at home and West Brom away. And if we were to get the win against West Brom and Albion, we have Derby County at home 
Oh, I'm sorry. Frank Lampard's Derby County. We're not allowed to just call them Derby anymore, I don't think. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Follow me at TogetherBHA. Uh, send me any feedback, thoughts, feelings you want. Um, I am here to hear them. Um, voice clip them, write them, whatever you need from me. You've got it. And uh, yeah, have a good weekend. Have a good week. And peace out. <laughs>